Honey Bojo, and welcome to our third podcast of Radioactive, a podcast about all things nuclear in Canada. My name is Sarah, and I'm recording on Manitoulin Island, or Manitoulin, which is Anishinaabek First Nation territory. Our guest today, Peter Harris, comes to you from Peterborough, which in Anishinaabemowin means is Nongjuinong, which means place at the foot of the rapids, and is home to uh, the Curve Lake First Nation and the Hiawatha First Nation of the Michisaugeng First Nations peoples. Thanks for coming today and let's get started. Oh, hi, Peter. Thanks for joining me today. Hi, Sarah. Glad to be here. How are you doing? Yeah, yeah. I'll just give you a brief introduction. So Peter Harris um, lives in Peterborough, Ontario, Canada, um, and he is a retired high school science teacher. Um, he is a member of CARN, Citizens Against Radioactive Neighborhoods, and I will include a link for that um, through the website nopellets.ca in the about information for this podcast. So Peter, um, please tell us about um, the, the f- nuclear fuel processing plant in Peterborough and how you got involved in the nuclear issue. Um, well, it started quite a long time ago. Um, my kids went to a school, um, it's about um, 600 meters or so from my house, um, and it's a French immersion school, uh, but it's a, a downtown school, so it's located in downtown Peterborough. And right across from that school is uh, um, a large facility. It was actually founded by Thomas Edison in the 1890s. And um, it became General Electric and General Electric Canada operated out of uh, Peterborough for um, over over 100 years, uh, utilizing the uh, hydroelectric potential in the Otonabee River. Um, That's why he cited it in Peterborough. And they built uh, generators here and uh, other fairly large applications. Um, They even built electric cars at one point. And uh, that facility, uh, of course, being a legacy facility, had problems with contamination. Um, and that contamination actually was just immediately south of the school that my kids attended. And then in the 1950s, uh, General Electric decided to get into nuclear fuels and they built a facility um, right across the street, directly across the street, 25 meters away from Prince of Wales School. Um, and at this facility, uh, for the last 60 odd years, they've been manufacturing fuel bundles. Uh, and those fuel bundles go off to can do reactors in Pickering, um, and also in Darlington. So, um, GE Atachi at that time, uh, supplied, uh, Pickering and Darlington exclusively with, uh, nuclear fuel bundles. Uh, The fuel bundles are manufactured by putting uranium pellets inside the bundles uh, and those pellets came from a facility in downtown Toronto, Uh, so they ship them up here. So uh, that's a little bit of a background about about the facility and my concerns started with uh, what was the legacy contamination um, just, just south of the school. Um, and I, you know, I, I could see in my neighborhood, there were very few parents um, who worked at that facility. In fact, uh, at the nuclear facility, I, I could only name two 
parents who actually worked there. It's a small town, it's not that big. So one would have expected that you would have seen some, some parents uh, working in that facility. And I, I didn't, and that concerned me as well. So I started digging around uh, first with, with the industrial contaminants and it bothered me. And when nuclear licenses came up for GE Attachy, um, I would say, well, you know, if you want a new license, um, why don't you clean up your, your, your garbage first? And <laughs> I got nowhere with that um, because the CNSE isn't concerned about contamination. Uh, GE actually hyphenated its name to GE Attachy. And by hanging a different sign outside of the plant, it effectively said, well, I have nothing to do with that. <laughs> You know, that, that's GE's, um, and uh, the licensing happens with, without any consideration to the industrial contamination. So, okay. and just to be clear, Canadian CNSE stands for the Canadian Nuclear Safety, Safety Commission. Commission. Right, they're the ones that uh, give out licenses to nuclear facilities. So if you have any kind of nuclear facility in your area, uh, the CNSE would have to license it. Um, so in they line, had public order. hearings and public. They had public hearings and, and things that you were trying to yeah, yeah voice yeah. these concerns. That's okay. so every few years. At that time, it was uh, four years, I believe. Uh, they would have a license hearing, and um, I'd say, "Well, guys, clean up your mess. You know, you want a license? Clean up your mess." But the CNSE just wouldn't listen to any of those concerns, and they still don't. Um, they they refer to those as, as being as something outside of their jurisdiction. So therefore, um, it's not something that they're responsible for. Um, so past that, um, I started looking into the nuclear aspect of the plant and what it was doing. Um, had a tour of the facility. I ended up arguing with the president of the company on more than one occasion um, mm -hmm. about their legacy contamination. Um, and, you know, I wasn't super concerned about the plant um, and, you know, I sent my kids to that school. So obviously I wasn't um, overly paranoid about what was happening. But um, over time, I've learned more and more about um, the CNSC, um, how they license, um, how, how they approach the nuclear industry. And my concerns have not lessened. And I would have to say that I'm, I'm an opponent now personally. Of, uh, of any form of nuclear development in, in Canada. And um, my concerns about the direction that we're headed right now with nuclear power um, uh, concerns me greatly. So the Canadian Nuclear Safety Commission, the CNSC, um, is so you're saying you don't trust it. Can you tell us a little bit more about that, about why? Well, um, the CNSC licenses facilities, as, as we've mentioned, um, so they have these hearings every, uh, every few years, and they expanded the licenses or increased the license term to 10 years. And, you know, that really, for <laughs> a place like Peterborough, uh, every 10 years renewing the license really isn't legitimate. I mean, I just got to say that. Um, it's, it's just not legitimate. It doesn't allow you any opportunity to question what's going on inside the plant. Um, but at the most recent hearing, uh, which held in, was held in March of last year, um, the CNSC uh, was asked by uh, the company now owning GA Tachi, which is an American firm called BWXT, 
which is heavily involved with the American arms industry. Uh, any, um, if you just Google BWXT, you'll find uh, a hit on either their website and they'll show you pictures of uh, aircraft carriers and, uh, and, and so on, uh, submarines yeah. in particular. So, um, so at this hearing last March with the Canadian Nuclear Safety Commission, they were talking about renewing the license in Peterborough to yeah, produce not, pellets? Yeah, not just renewing it, but also expanding it. Um, so there's another facility in, in Toronto downtown Toronto as well, uh, that is um, producing uh, nuclear pellets. So we load the pellets in Peterborough and put them into fuel bundles. In Toronto, uh, that, uh, the process uh, takes raw uranium oxide powder and compresses it and bakes it in ovens and makes it into a pellet. And those pellets then are shipped off to Peterborough uh, where we make the bundles. Um, but this process in Toronto, a bit more um, uh, it's quite a bit dirtier uh, so it produces um, significantly higher emissions um, there's a lots of uh, uranium oxide uh, dust being produced and um, there's strong opposition in Toronto to having that facility in downtown Toronto um, to the point where uh, both the MP and MPP spoke uh, about their desires to have the facility relocated out of Toronto um, so BWXT asked to put that facility or move those, that operational process to Peterborough. So at those hearings, we were strongly opposed to this because um, the, the emissions being produced by this plant would increase radiological exposures by, by the children at the school. Uh, so the kids would be exposed to greater levels uh, of radioactive contaminants. Uh, in addition to all the legacy contaminants right south of the school. So, the CNSC has approved this um, and said, yes, it's okay. And basically they've ignored um, international principles in doing this. If you go around the world now, look for modern nuclear facilities, you won't find any of them located in a residential areas. So there's no nuclear fuel manufacturing facilities located in residential areas. You look in the States, there's none there. And, and what all regulators are supposed to do is to follow the ALARA principle which is as low as reasonably achievable. And the Alara principles really uh, achieve by three different means. You, you get low, um, low exposures to radiation by um, decreasing your time uh, of exposure, uh, by uh, decreasing the, or increasing the distance, and by using shielding. So in this facility, they're using shielding by, or the, the building will actually act as a, as a shield. But by putting it in a residential area and 25 meters from vulnerable kids in a public school, you're ignoring the time and distance components of, of this Alara. And you are saying, yeah, well, a little bit of radiation isn't gonna kill them. Nobody has the right to increase the amount of radiation that kids are exposed to, nobody does. And the CNSC has said, well, we do. <laughs> and they've licensed this facility in <clears throat> Peterborough, excuse me. So <clears throat> this is, been the heart of our opposition to this because it's it's not right uh, to manufacture nuclear fuels in an urban area. That's one. So um, by our, do you mean um, Citizens Against Radioactive Neighborhoods? Is that the group that you're referring yeah. to when you say yeah. our? Okay. Yeah. So Citizens Against Radioactive Neighborhoods is is opposed to this um, because I mean obviously you just shouldn't be increasing uh, the amount of radiation that kids are exposed to.
what's the connection with BWXT um, you mentioned earlier? So, so this company took over um, the the manufacturing end there in Peterborough, um, I guess a number of years ago, and um, and they are connected um, with the the liberal and conservative push to create small modular reactors in Canada, a new generation of nuclear reactors. Um, and can you tell us a little bit about the that connection and that kind of fuel and that kind of technology? What are your concerns around that? Well, um, it was a bit odd for us to understand uh, what BWX was up to. They purchased GE Itachi in 2016, and uh, they knew when they purchased it that um, uh, Pickering was closing. So Pickering at that time was closed this year in 2021. They extended it to 2024, I believe. Um, but uh, they knew that it was shutting down and, and Pickering is 50% of their market or, or close to 50%. So we were wondering, well, what are they up to? But as it turns out, um, the provincial government and federal governments are promoting uh, small modular reactors. And these small modular reactors use uh, new types of fuel, one of which is triso-fuels and BWXT from its experiences in the United States, in particular its um, experience uh, working with the American military, um, has produced a fuel called the Tricer fuel that is um, uh, supposed to be uh, relatively safe. Um, and that, that's by, by their own estimation, um, not an independent estimation, I don't believe yet. So Tricer fuels are, um, one of the kinds of fuels that can be used in these small modular reactors that the federal, uh, the Canadian government and different provinces in Canada are promoting. And uh, these triso fuels, we're afraid, will be manufactured in, in downtown Peterborough, just 25 meters away from a public school. So we just don't understand uh, why BWXT would be in the Canadian market without a belief that they're going to expand the market by making fuels for these small modular reactors. And we're afraid that those, those fuels would be made in Peterborough. Um, mm. and, and, and because BWXT is not required to submit uh, um, a business plan for their license, um, the CNSC um, uh, um, and we don't know what they're up to. I mean, we just don't know. Um, so that 10 year license, unfortunately, doesn't come with a business plan and uh, they, they can be up to anything. Um, now, all these small modular reactors use enriched fuels, and those enriched fuels um, greatly increase the risks uh, for anybody living close to them. Um, so we're just afraid that, that this is a first step for manufacturing small modular reactor fuel. Um, in yeah, and, and clearly linking it to, um, you know, this company is operating in Canada and it's operating in the American military and um, and and in, you know, the Canadian Nuclear Safety Commission is is handling all kinds of applications. <laughs> it's never had to look at so many designs no, before and, uh, and it's already shown that it's not really trustworthy. Yeah. So um, you were mentioning, Peter, that um, you have a, a lawsuit of sorts. What's going on there? Tell us about no, that. Uh, not a, a lawsuit, but a, a review. So we've gone to court over the CNSC decision. Um, BWXT didn't submit any plans with its um, with its application license. And, you know, you you uh, want to build a house in your town, you will go to the local building department with plans. That's point number one. 
Um, but BWXT uh, hasn't done that here. So, you know, you have points of emission. Where are those points of emission? Are they right beside the school, 25 meters away? Or are they on the other side of the property? You know, we don't know any of these things. And you can't model uh, how safe this facility will be without knowing the plan. So that's number one point. Another reason why we're uh, going after them is, is because of the LRA principle. The, the CNSC has ignored international principles. Um, by putting this next to a public school, um, it's increasing the radiological exposures, and uh, in nobody's book is is that right. Um, so um, you know this is this is um, this is why we think we hope will be uh, victorious, and make uh, the CNSC go back um, and review this license application again. How do you go about um, doing something like that? So oh. you, you're a citizen group, and you've, and you've, you're up against, you know, a, a, the Canadian Nuclear Safety Commission, which is clearly in league with, um, with the industry. How do you go about trying to force them to to review? Um, well, it's a it's a component. After uh, the CNSE made this decision, the uh, Nuclear Safety Act in Canada. Um, it gives an avenue for an appeal, um, and this is a judicial review. So we'll go before a judge and say, look, um, the Nuclear Safety Act says you have to have plans, and you have to follow ALARA, amongst other things that we're arguing. And uh, BWXT hasn't provided any plans, and the uh, Nuclear Safety Act specifically says they need to have plans and present them to the CNSE before a license decision is made. So this, this so is our can we go to um sorry to interrupt, but I just um we're, we're gonna wrap up soon. Can we yeah. where can we go to learn more about um this appeal that you're doing? Is that at nopellets.ca? Yeah, it's uh, our homepage right now on nopellets.ca. Um we're um a small group. We're uh serving an underprivileged area in um in Peterborough. And uh, we've all put forward uh, quite a bit of our own money and uh, taking significant risks. Um, so we're asking people for money, um, but if you're not interested in doing that, go and learn about our, our our problem in Peterborough and read over all the pages on nopellets.ca uh, uh, and uh, you'll, you'll find, you know, I think most people understand that this is just a bad idea. It shouldn't be happening right now. Um, you yeah. shouldn't shouldn't be parking these facilities next to public schools, next to residences. Everybody understands that, no matter what your position is with respect to nuclear power. Yeah, thank you so much, Peter. This has been um, really eye-opening and, um, and, and really heart-wrenching to just see that, you know, there's a small group of citizens up against these kind of giant, you know, giant, powerful, rich, people in league with each other yeah. around something so important. So um, yeah, thank you. And, and I'm gonna go to nopellets.ca and, and keep track of this appeal. And uh, yeah, good luck. Thank you. Thank you for uh, the work that you're doing. I, I'm, it's uh, my pleasure and uh, thank you for hosting us, uh, sir. Okay, we'll stay in touch. Okay, take care. Bye-bye. Bye.
thanks so much for listening. You can learn more about Citizens Against Radioactive Neighborhoods by following the link in the about information for this podcast, nopellets.ca. Miigwech, thank you, merci, and we'll see you again. Thank you.